want first place, come play with me. You want second place, go somewhere else. an everyday process. Coffee's for closes only. You're listening to the Mori Health Podcast. My guest today is a exercise physiologist, a master in international public health, has completed courses in Harvard, has worked for the United Nations World Health Organization, sat on the Exercise and Sports Science Australia New South Wales chapter board, owns and operates her own exercise physiology business based out of the eastern suburbs of Sydney, but consults internationally. She loves teaching, and so she runs health professional networking events and workshops for mums and bubs. She is a mother of three beautiful daughters. Please welcome my mentor, Mia J. Hey, guys. Hey, Rob. Hey, Mia. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, so first and foremost, what is Mia's health and how did it come to be? So I guess it all started back in the university days at the University of New South Wales. And I guess I was just inspired by working with clients with autism and working in the clinic, in the lifestyle clinic. And so then um, as soon as uni was over, we started working with individuals a lot with autism, with mental health issues, and we do chronic disease management and exercise prescription for those people, and we really help them. And um, I absolutely love the team that works with me as health. So everyone has lots of enthusiasm, lots of intelligence. Integrity is one of the main things that we have with our staff. Lots of great communication, dedication, and so our clients really reap the benefits of all these amazing assets from our employees. 100%. And so full disclosures for those that don't know and, and whatnot, um, I work for Mia for Mia's Health and, and have been for the last year now, which has been a, a wonderful journey. And she has exposed me to some of the most amazing people. And at the same time, she has actually taught me um, a wealth of knowledge that I am forever grateful for. So uh, thank you so much for everything that you've done for me. And I know all the different uh, people that we see along the way that, that we go and treat. Um, they are incredibly grateful. Um, even if some of them can't express their, their gratitude, they um, are blessed are blessed to have you uh, not just as their, their health professional, but just to have you in their life because the, the joy that you bring to people, um, the, the bubbly personality that you always have, the, the positivity that you, you bring to the room is wonderful. Um, so thank you so much. Oh, oh we've got a visitor. Hello. <laughs> this is adorable. I can't hear you because it's on the thing. Oh. Okay. Can you hear Rob? Say hi, Rob. Hey. Uh, this is Millabella. So this is the oldest of the three. This is my beautiful daughter who is five years old and she, yes, she's the eldest. Oh, did you get dressed up for this? <laughs> yeah, no, I always look this good. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so I just wanted to talk about some of the clients, I guess, that we work with and sort of some of the interest areas that we, we do. 
Um, so you were talking about autism and special needs and getting into that sort of thing. Um, I just want to share some highlights that I've sort of gone through uh, along this process and, and who I've been working with. So I, when, when we talk about this sort of thing, a few people pop into my mind that I've got, you know, you're not supposed to have favorites, but you, you can't help yourself sometimes. And so for me, I've got a few <laughs> and um, the number one, that, make those connections. Yeah. yeah. The, the one that pops in a hundred percent. So, I mean, it's a privilege working with these people, right? So it, it really, you get to make a difference in their lives and not many people get that opportunity. So really you're the privileged one, not them. Um, and yeah, it just, it fills you with joy when, when you know that you're making a difference in someone else's life. So it's pretty awesome. Tell me, you're about to say who, um, well, I guess com- confidentiality. So I guess case, case-based study, who got has this. been the greatest highlight? Okay. So I've got a gentleman that I've been working with for a long time. And every time that I rock up to to their place because we do the, the home-based visits. Um, so every time I rock up to their place, it is like I'm the best friend that um, it has been long lost and he hasn't seen me in forever and just they, they want me to be around. They just love me. They, they turn up. They're just so excited to see me. Um, doesn't stop talking the entire session. And it's just I just feel so welcome every time I turned up and and it's fantastic. And with this particular uh, person, because of their disability, uh, they've kind of been told that they can't do much sport throughout their life, which is, it's pretty disappointing. And um, hopefully I can make a change in that because this person absolutely loves the roosters and loves rugby league. And it would break my heart if they never got the opportunity to step on a footy field uh, to actually be a part of the game that they love so much. So we've been working on some skills uh, for them specifically to get them up to scratch so they could actually join in the New South Wales Physical Disabilities League. So hopefully that's not too far off. I know with uh, COVID restrictions going on and whatnot, it's put everything to a halt sporting-wise and um, it's, it's slowed down some of the stuff that we're doing as well, which is pretty upsetting, uh, especially because all these patients, they actually need the help. Um, they, they, they need us out there and, um, yeah, it, it's, it's disappointing for all. So, um, we'll be, we'll be making up for lost time once it's all over and, and restrictions are, are lifted, but, um, yeah, in the interim, um, um we can plan and, and we'll, we'll get there. So yeah, that's probably well, my number one. That he, it'll be amazing that he'll be able to participate because with his, um, conditions, having schizophrenia and autism, um, and chronic disease, we're definitely managing those medical conditions and getting them started. Okay. Did you want to say something? Okay. Okay. My darling Mills, thank you for joining us. Okay. The, the beauties of um, having children at home that they could participate in our beautiful podcast. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Is she gonna? <laughs> she just wants your love and attention, which is wonderful. She does, Millie. Do you want to go show that to? Can I hold that? Because that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> what is Millie? that? It's, it's, 
the ESSER Award back in 2011 for Art Reading <gasps> Exercise Physiologist of the Year. Just casually have that lying around. <laughs> well, we have it in the room. Um, that was one of my greatest achievements. So that was amazing, winning that at such a young age. I was That really set, set my career um, expectations a little bit higher. So I had to reassess, make new goals, and definitely a high achiever. So I love, like, you know, achieving more. So I guess how did Mia's health come to be? Yeah, so just after uni, um, working with that, that client with autism just sparked my um, ambitions to set up, set up. Well, I always wanted to have my own business. And so then after having that, I really wanted to specialise in special needs. I absolutely love the sports development side as well. So Rob, you worked with one of the mountain bikers. That was incredible. Um, just seeing their fitness. Gosh, elite athletes are incredible. Um, and I love having one-on-one. I love, I've learned to do the paperwork conscientiously, but more than anything, I love being with my team and I love being with the clients more than anything in this world. It's, I love being face-to-face and I've always known I wanted to be a bit inside, like inside an office and outside. So this gives you that variety to perform and excel. And as an exercise physiologist, the opportunities are so, so vast. There's, there's so many things that you can do with, with our qualifications. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I guess we'll flip it on its head. So I, I got to share some of my highlights. Can you share just one of yours? Because I know you have so many. Um, in terms of career or client? Both. One of each. Wow. Okay. Um, client. Well, I think that that one with autism that I first saw um, at university in the lifestyle clinic, that's definitely been a highlight because I learned how to really, um, I guess I've had personal experience being a mental health carer for most of my life. And then when, um, when I had this child, so I specialize in pediatrics and when I had this child come, to see me we worked out this amazing program and he would always be miss me and miss me and look how much i've achieved and we'd do the strength and endurance and would make all the structured program into a game so that he actually enjoyed what he was doing and the best part is what i guess you know and everyone knows um part of the team is we make it fun so people don't realize they're exercising and getting those benefits of life expectancy increasing and oxygen uptake and um, stronger muscles and being more flexible so all of those benefits and that's that's probably the highlight seeing that client excel and excel time after time without even realizing it that is definitely the highlight and you see that it, that just is the common theme with all our clients we see them for years and no matter how many times you see them week after week they're improving and improving sometimes you see results rather quickly like especially on an initial consult you see that connection and that rapport develop and then the next oh hold up mia um, yeah. mia could you just say that again sorry because i think it just lagged a little bit that's all just the internet i don't know if it's yours or mine um, probably mine where did you get up to uh the it was literally just the last two sentences um, <laughs> what was the last bit you heard? I just 
It was um, you. We were talking about the sort of strength to strengths on a week to week basis that we get from right. initial consultations that we build rapport and then going forward. Yeah, so definitely, like you see, so seeing the benefits, you see them right from the start, um, and it just changes. So from the start, you see that development of that you know connection with the client. And then the week after that, you'll see they increase in a skill or a strength-based activity. And then the week after that, you see, like, you can put, apply games like you did for Christmas and Hanukkah, and you had that obstacle course, and that was incredible. They're learning how to balance, and that particular client that you're speaking about, that that balance just, it, it rockets. And then the parents come back and say to us, like, even his... he's the grown man the parents are just like wow that's incredible we've noticed in lifestyle and everyday tasks has just flourished and that um feedback just makes us want to it highly motivates us to continue doing what we're doing to help people in their everyday tasks and and just improve that quality and that's just one example we get that uh many times a week across the week every week so um it's a pretty rewarding industry to get into which is pretty wonderful um so Talking specifically about some of the other things that you do with Mia's Health and um, you can pick which one do you want to go down first? Do you want to go down the professional side or do you want to talk about the workshops that you teach in terms of um, mums and bubs? Well, the workshops that I teach, um, so I can tell you a little bit of story about that. So that's mm-hmm. something that I love teaching and the opportunity arose after I had a child, well, I fell pregnant and basically the GP said to me, don't do any more exercise, just stop, just walk. Who is this then, GP? I know, right? <laughs> Blacklist. And, <laughs> and then I was like, mm-hmm, surely there's going to be a better way of continuing exercise because I'm sure all those benefits that you gain for a healthy person non-pregnant, I'm sure they exist in pregnancy and, and even more for the fetus and the mom. And I delved into that. I got all these experts in my first conference, 2015. I got all these highlighted experts to present. And I just immersed myself in this field and learnt as much as I could. And um, I was teaching health professionals and doctors and just telling them the exercise guidelines that, yes, you can exercise for a healthy pregnancy. You can exercise as much as you were doing. Um, And then there's just a few changes to depending on the trimester and how the mum's feeling and the most important message was just to listen to your own body and listen to your mother, well, internal instincts, always listening to your body. Mm. So, um, yeah, I love teaching. And so um, I developed a course. I did all the content. Um, that was really fun, looking into to, to back every little bit of evidence to make sure that it was all scientific. That's awesome. That is awesome. And so if someone wanted to come to one of your courses, I mean, uh, are we, we're not running any virtually at the moment, are we? We do a couple of people in Perth that really want to do it. So we've been all around Australia now. Um, and now we can do it. We can offer it online and then we just want, um, we'll just need to, to market it. Right. So if anyone wanted to check that out, and anyone wanted some exercise physiology services in Sydney, um, primarily around the eastern suburbs, but, you know, not restricted to. So, um, you know, we've, we've got people around, which is great. 
Um, where is the best place to get in touch with yourself and the, and the business? Great, great questions. Meashealth.com, where dreams become reality. Hey. Um, and my phone number. Uh, 0402-629-776. Okay, there you go. There you guys have it. So um, if you need some help, um, go to that. But um, we'll go over that again um, a little bit later so um, people can make sure they get those details down. And, um, of course, you're on Facebook and on LinkedIn uh, and Instagram. Probably some of the Instagram stuff is some of the best. Um, some of it is tailored towards your practicing side. Some of it's tailored towards um, sharing just your experiences in life and um, just the wonderful person that you are. So that's all out there for um, everyone to connect with as well. So, um, all right. You seem to have a knack for coming across some very special, very unique opportunities within our industry that most people aren't even aware of. How did you get yourself involved in working for the World Health Organization over in Geneva? So I remember sitting in a Year 7 class with Mr. Buchanan, my PE teacher, and talking about Shout health out. policy. <laughs> yeah, hey, Mr. D. Um, and that, that's when I made my goal. I said, I want to work at the WHO. I want to work with WHO. And as soon as um, I, I put that as a goal, um, I was highly motivated to achieve that result. And so I did whatever it took to get there. Um, getting good grades, um, getting into a university course that will will be complementary of the work that we do over there, and huge ambassador over here for EP, huge. So when I got the role, I was just over the moon and um, so excited to get to Geneva, Switzerland, one of my favourite places in the world. It's just so beautiful there, um, everything, the landscape, and I had an incredible uh, supervisor and um, that was Dr. Ustin. He was fantastic and he supported me in so many ways to just excel in all the roles that I had. And I also had the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Timothy Armstrong and Adi. So it was really cool to go into another Australian um ambassador's office and um he was wonderful and he he was fantastic to to see how he works over there and he i think he over the years um so i was there back in 2011 and over the years he's excelled role after role so i think he's he became the assistant to the director general um he was he is a sprinter as well so he was always running but um which was also quite um quite exciting to see his own I guess experience with sport and health with being. And what sort of projects were you working on while you were there? Okay, so I mean I know the answer, the but for the purpose of the audience. <laughs> Yeah, um, as an exercise physiologist, um, like I said, in UNSW, 
in my undergrad, I loved pediatrics. And there was a special program that Dr. Timothy Armstrong was working on, and that was a questionnaire for health for children and the questionnaires that we send out to all the schools and all the kids around the world especially in Africa and um, developing countries and um, with my experience working in ESSA right from the start in Exercise Sports Science Australia and um, it used, like we used to do a lot um, I guess for for the New South Wales chapter and I started as secretary so I was really fast at writing notes of meetings so that was my very first, well, my favourite role there was working under Timothy Armstrong in a world leaders meeting. So we had, I think there was a, I think 10 or 12 of us in one room talking about what we should put in the world health questionnaire. And I was typing up the, the meeting notes, um, which was awesome. I just love, I love being on top of that. And then I also had the opportunity to um, give my own professional experiences um, and what I thought would be most appropriate for the nutritional questions, weight management, um, because in developing countries you see you see the double burden of malnutrition and obesity. Uh, so it was really it, it felt quite fulfilling to be able to actually give experience as an exercise physiologist into these meetings. Um, and then the second um, that I had that was very interesting was the international classification of diseases and developing we started the international classification of function and disability and health and that was just phenomenal and that was with Dr. Ooston. That's awesome and that, that's a pretty special gig that um, not many people one would uh, have the courage to actually take up and move overseas to go and do um, but it sounds like you've lived out your your lifelong dream um, in one project, which is which is fantastic, and um, I'm jealous. So you can um, do it too. Don't <laughs> worry. Be inspired. Not envious. Not jealous. Be inspired and and do it too. It was it was amazing, and we we made lifelong friends. I can tell you in that gig, lifelong friends because um, I had the opportunity to become the. Um, so when you're there, there's lots of internships. So I had my internship and I was a vice president with my friend Sarah and she was president and we worked together and we had weekly meetings and we did things for Vice President her, of um, the World Health Organization interns. Which who established then, that, sorry? From that we actually pardon? Who established that? Oh, we didn't establish that one. That one was running, but we established right. The Geneva Interns Association, okay. and that was with all the United Nations organizations in Geneva, and that was incredible. That was phenomenal. And so, what were you guys doing on those sort of things? So, for the WHO interns, we would um, regularly meet, discuss, educate, have professional development opportunities, and for the Geneva Interns Association, we made that rather official, and the interns at the moment that are running it they um they achieved really cool things for internships to be paid wow that's amazing i'm not sure right now if all of them are paid but they definitely won a lot of rights there which is incredible yeah that's awesome and you paved the pathway for that which is fantastic um and i mean 
you've you've taken that experience and you've brought it back here to Australia and you've developed something called the professional am I, I'm going to butcher this aren't I no um health professionals no, 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 network no, health no, professionals no. network we got it yeah there we go um yeah, yeah so you've developed that and yeah yeah, yeah go. In, in Geneva we had to organize we would have hundreds and hundreds of people maybe like 600 people at events where wow. we would have to organize the drinks and things like that. So we would go, my friend, um, Dr. Tiago, Tiago Tomazi, um, him and I would go to different um, restaurants and places where we can fit so many people and organise deals where the participants that we were attending could get discounts on their drinks. And that would just be a networking for all United Nations interns to come. So I basically mimicked that on a smaller scale in Australia. Um, and and had all health professionals and friends come to networking events. And I really am looking forward to the next one, which I want to organise post-COVID, which is going to be a paint and sip class. So drinking water, wine, beer, whatever your choice is, and painting. I mean, didn't have to twist my arm too hard for that one. Um, Okay, so off the back of some pretty special opportunities that you come across, is there any opportunities that are out there now that you might not necessarily take yourself um, just because of your own situation, but if those limitations weren't on you, you'd go, oh, that would be something that interests me and that's something that um, I would go for or someone else should go for? Well, currently... As you said, I love running Mia's Health as a company here. It's it's phenomenal. I really enjoy the client interaction and working with the staff. I just absolutely enjoy that. Um, but I also would encourage other exercise physiologists and health professionals to apply for jobs that are overseas. It's just an insightful experience, very enlightening to help other people in the world in australia we are so we're so lucky for the position that we are with the healthcare and medicare we have amazing opportunities and with the knowledge and qualifications that we have we can help others around the world and there are so many jobs so one of my um dream jobs shall i say would be to work with the spc in fiji and um they look after all the pacific islands and the health and there is a job currently going going there that would really suit an exercise physiologist. And there um, there are so many other opportunities. I see frequently ones in Philippines and um, Malaysia. There's many jobs always happening. So you can check out jobs on the United Nations website or the World Health Organization website and um, and find roles that you feel suited for and then apply and apply your mind and your heart and and strive for it if that's what you if that's what you dream of then there's there's no um there's no stopping you if you want it you can go and get it there's jobs available and there's people that match those jobs and you can apply for them yeah so um just if you're looking for those jobs, we're going to go to the United Nations World Health Organization website. And, yeah, and, 
and often I will post them on the Health Professionals Network or onto the SR Chapters website. So for those looking to get onto the Health Professionals Network, search it up on Facebook. You shouldn't be able to miss it. There's a, a thousand odd people already there. So um, come join us. It'd be great to have you. Um, okay. So similar situation. Back in 2015, somewhere around there, you were sitting on the board, if not the chair, if I'm not mistaken, of the New South Wales chapter of Exercise and Sports Science Australia, which is our governing body for our industry. Um, how did you get yourself caught up with that? And what were you doing? And would you recommend it for someone else? Yeah, absolutely. So as soon as I finished uni in 2009, I was definitely an ambassador for exercise physiologists. And I was in touch with the CEO of ESSA, who is still currently the CEO now. Um, that's Anita. And um, we connected and I guess I've just never imagined not being part of the advocacy of exercise physiologists. And so I joined up and I was just volunteering my time, a lot of time. It takes a lot of time, really, really it does. We were organizing events, professional development, the um, annual general meetings. Uh, I started out as um, a volunteer, as secretary, and then worked my way up to doing the chair position, uh, which was fantastic. It was really, it was really great to chair a meeting and develop those experiences. So you develop professionally, as well as helping the association and um, other exercise physiologists to gain more work, so employment opportunities, and just the various things that we do to make um, more recognition of what we do and how we can help other people. I, I definitely uh, feel if you have the charisma and the intelligence and enthusiasm and the time to dedicate to this role, I highly recommend doing it. Right. And that's not a paid role. That was purely volunteer role, right? But at the same time, um, you're establishing yourself within the industry and um, you're giving back to the industry, which is already giving you so much. So... Yeah, I mean, that's it's a pretty special position to be in and to put yourself in. And then... New friends too. Yeah, yeah. And then you could do that not just at a state level, you could also go to the national level as well. Is that a possibility? So work as, as a chair, you work with national office a lot. So you're representing ESSA and so you work with them. They offer that support. Um, so we had quite a number of people helping us. So Belinda, we had marketing helping us. We had professional development, um, helping us. We had Anita helping too. And yeah, it's a wonderful experience. And if someone wanted to get themselves, um, I guess, involved in that sort of thing, what do they just turn up to the next general meeting? They totally can. Or just give Anita a call and let her know your enthusiasm. Um, and yeah, or the, the state chapter chair at the moment is John Stevens. He's located on, I think the central coast and he's just promoting, he's awesome. He's intelligent and fun. And yeah, you can say that Mia recommended you, especially you, Robbie. You totally could be part of it. I've got enough on my plate at the moment. 
but oh, um, I can imagine. potentially, potentially not too long in the future. Um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm considering it. So we'll see. We'll see how we go. But I'll. The APA. I'm sure APA has something similar. Mm, yeah, because I'm doing both. I mean, I'm already an exercise physiologist, and I'm, I'm applying for the my master's, my doctor of physiotherapy over at Macquarie, and I could potentially be on both. So proud of you! Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's what better multidisciplinary approach would you like? Like that is incredible that you can um, draw insights from your qualifications for both industries. Mm. I mean, real talk here. So I've had some people come up to me um, from both sides of the the pitch from an EP perspective and from a physio perspective. Some thinking that we are bound to merge within the next decade and some thinking that we are forever going to be in a divide um, and that we have our own place. Now, I know where I sit on the side, um, but I was, I was wondering what was your perspective on, on that? I don't think we'll be merging. I, 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 I can't see us merging. I definitely see us being best friends and partners in work um, because we complement each other. I mean, four years of studying x and then if you want to become a master in physiotherapy, you have to do another two years, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. There, is, there is a lot to learn, but we learn different things. They're similar but different. And then you see that at the end, I guess, as well, at the end results of um, working with clients who either go to see a physio or an EP, and you can join them together because they both have their own skill set that can help make our lives that little bit better. I guess I'd be interested to hear what do you see as a main difference in both university tertiary levels, but also when you see them in the practicum, what, what skill sets do you see are, I guess, um, vastly different because we know they're similar, but what do you see vastly different? Mm, okay. Right. So, I mean, my perspective, of course, I've got my own biases from my own um, journey and I'm very happy with my journey. So I'm going to advocate for where I went and, and what I did. So I would say in both industries, in both physio and EP is that uh, they both need a, a base understanding in the basic science um, not just on how the body works, but science in general. And then we go into how the body works in terms of anatomy, physiology, um, biochemistry, and then we can get into the nitty gritty of the how exercise affects the body in what we would call a, a healthy or typical person. And then we apply that to um, a disease population or a specific case scenario and generally we're looking at a more long-term um, healthcare uh, avenue with an EP perspective whilst when we do physio perspective yes they can do long-term care but generally they're doing more acute care where someone has an initial injury or um, this is the first diagnosis or they're in hospital and they have their own very unique places now at the moment there's some roles that I think are being taken up by uh, physios that EPs could take and, and vice versa with EPs. And I think uh, as health professionals, we need to recognize that we're in our scope of practice and that we're actually doing what we need to do. Um, just because you've been doing it for so long, does it necessarily mean that that's where we should be? Um, and are we the best trained and are we 
um, the best professional for for that role. Um, and then I can think of a few specific examples. Um, potentially in when we do cardiac and pulmonary rehab at the moment, that's just filled with uh, nurses and physios. Now, with the training that I've had in both physiotherapy and in exercise physiology, I would argue that an exercise physiologist is uh, the most well-equipped health professional out there to, to help these sorts of people. But unfortunately, traditionally, they, do, they don't fill that role. And so they don't get that role generally. So that would be something that I'd be interested in seeing um, change in the future. So that's, of course, my personal perspective. Um, but it's, it's something that I think needs to happen long term and possibly will happen. Um, the other thing, I guess, is obviously... So the... think... What was that? Do you think the professions would merge or do you think they'll stay uniquely beautiful? <laughs> to put it and I, I think there needs to become, it, it's going to go one of two ways. I think they should stay separate. Uh, I, I definitely think they have their own places. Um, if you were asking um, in an ideal world, how would I do things? How would I set up a university degree so the industry's uh, best prepared for every situation? I would almost make it mandatory for everyone to do an exercise physiology degree to get into physiotherapy. Um, wow, okay. Yeah, because I feel like the skill set and knowledge that I've been um, blessed with, with the pathway that I've um, come across, is so necessary. And just the depth of knowledge that you get exposed to and, and the different experiences you get puts you in a different perspective um, in terms of how you're going to treat a client and, and what approach you're going to take. And I would almost advocate for people who are undergoing a medical degree, uh, becoming a, a doctor of some fashion, um, that they would go and undertake an exercise physiology course as part of their course um, and potentially a physiotherapy musculoskeletal course as well, not just looking at um, how they would do things from a doctor's perspective, but actually put them in a physiotherapy course and an EP course for a semester so they understand where we're coming from obviously they're not going to learn all the different skills that that we go through across the years that we learn it um, but at least when they actually see those patients in front of them and they have someone with a, a musculoskeletal condition they would know to best refer them to either an ep or a physiotherapist and not necessarily go down the orthopedic role and and fill them with uh, various injections or medications that uh, generally uh, you you can debate that they're unnecessary and that um, you're going to get a better result long term by taking a more conservative approach. I'm so happy you brought that up. That brings me to one of my favourite bosses in the world, um, Professor Adrian Bowman. So he was, or well, he is, a huge advocate for physical activity and avoiding sedentary behaviour. And often we find in the corporate world, people are sitting at their desk for eight hours straight, hardly standing up, hardly walking, hardly, you know, um, having an active lifestyle. And he showed me one of the best marketing things in the world. I think it was from um, Venezuela and in South America. They had come up with this amazing commercial where they had a pill 
and um, a pillbox, and on the pillbox it said exercise is medicine, and basically, you know, here, take exercise as your prescription, take it three times a day, 10 minutes for each duration, and it was just fantastic that they were prescribing exercise for everyday life to improve the activity and the, the lifestyle benefits of being physically active rather than living a sedentary lifestyle, which um, is quite morbid. Mm. I think that also brings up another, another thing of mine that I guess a pet peeve in that when people that need the help and obviously they go to see their doctors for um, as their primary care, which makes sense. Um, especially when you've got a condition that you're concerned about, they're, they're the go-to people. Don't get me wrong there. Um, if it's a musculoskeletal condition, I'm a bit, you know, go to your see your physio, your EP, but um, in terms of a, a chronic health condition that you're worried about where people get told, Oh, you let's try this medication, see how you go, blah, blah, blah. Long-term down the track they think that the medication is going to solve their problem when really it's just masking the issues and then they're not actually addressing the problem head on. They're not actually addressing the problem at its cause. Um, I would love to see more GPs and more, more doctors, I guess, advocating and promoting um, doing complete lifestyle behavior change programs, which I guess exercise physiologists uh, are best suited for uh, implementing and organizing um, for for them to actually not just take a pill and, and hope for the best, but actually do something about it and take that long-term action where they're actually going to get to the root of the cause and, and really treat the problem at hand. Did you get all that? I did. I did. Yeah. There's a bit of delay in the um, in the in the connection, but, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we can start um advocating for the GPs and um and helping them enhance their skill sets with understanding mm. exactly what EPs do. In in my career I've definitely seen a lot of the recognition be promoted. So people are actually understanding what we're doing. And just last week I had someone call looking for an exercise physiologist. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how did you hear about us? Like it was it was phenomenal to to start knowing that it's becoming a household name. People are like, okay, I need an EP. I need someone to help me. And it was actually a young lady looking for her parents because during COVID they've been in quarantine and they haven't been looking after their strength and they need a falls prevention program. Yep. So it's quite, yeah, it's, it's, um, it makes me really proud to see the work that ESSA have done to help promote exercise physiologists. They've mm. done an amazing, wonderful job and there's, there is a lot of potential and there's a lot more to do, but they've done a fantastic job in doing that. And I mean, what the industry's only been around since 2007, is that right? I think people used to be called something different. Um, it has been around longer but um i think it it definitely was not recognized to the capacity that it is at the moment mm. and i think that we can definitely grow a lot more a mm. lot more and and i mean a lot of people don't even know that it's covered by medicare in the same way that a physiotherapist or uh, an occupational therapist or uh, a dietitian what speech speech pathologist they're all covered under medicare um under the My Healthcare plan when you go see a GP. So, I mean, once we 
started to develop those avenues of the industry becoming recognized among its peers. Um, that was quite great. Now, one thing, because you have been there and, and I guess maybe you have some insider knowledge, what's your perspective on being a part of APRA compared to the, the national um, health organizations with, with Australia? Because there's two different um, avenues. There's the independent bodies and then there's the government um, overseen bodies in terms of ESSA and, and physiotherapy. So physiotherapy is with APRA, which is the government body, and then ESSA is an independent body. Um, what do you think the, the benefits for and against are? Sorry, I put you on the spot here with this one. I know. I, I wish we could be part of APRA. Mm. Exercise physiologists are deemed that I, they, they won't accept TPs to be part of member, a membership of APRA, which... I feel if we were part of the membership, it would open more employment opportunities for us. Unfortunately, we're not. Um, and it's, I think it's a bit of a loss. I think it would be nice to have that option and it would be nice to continue as a membership because they're a wonderful association. Um, but it would be nice to be invited to join APRA. You see... Well, what are, what are the reasons that I guess that you're aware of that they're proposing? And then do you see things changing in the future? Because I guess my perspective is that um, nationwide, there's an ongoing changing perspective that we are necessary and, and needed and potentially there's a move towards becoming um, APRO accredited. I think that would be wonderful. If the opportunity arises, that would be brilliant. I also would love to foresee in the future uh, collaboration with EPs all around the world because the world is quite a small place and we're seeing that it's even smaller than we imagined with this coronavirus issue. Um, I absolutely admire everything that the Canadian health professionals put together as resources for Canadians. They're, um, their resources are just incredible. So imagine if we collaborated with them. Imagine if we collaborated with Worldwide. Like, I think we need to make a worldwide organization for exercise physiologists, especially America. We, we're called something else. We're not, an exercise physiologist is not a university qualified professional over there. It doesn't exist. The role doesn't exist. It's actually a different, a different name. Um, more closer to an occupational therapist over there, their equivalent there. Um, so it would be really good to foresee in the future, not just a national organisation that joins all health professionals, allied health professionals like APRA, but, um, and including EPs there, but to see something, a global, a global thing with EPs. And I don't think that's hard to organise. Maybe you and I can, can pull some strings and get something together. As a working mum and it, someone it running their business, let's just add it onto the pile. Let's do it. Why, <laughs> Why not? not? Look, if, if Why it's not? a dream, let's make it reality. That's, that's my motto. Our dream. Maybe we can make our dreams reality. Oh, we got another visitor, do we? We do. Yes. <laughs> we do. But oh, talk. hubby. Hi. Uh, do you want to give me Ali? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. That's um, all right. She, she, crawled into the room. That was really cute. No, oh. it was youngest. That was a baby. Yeah. Allie. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Another thing. How are you across so many things? Um, you also do corporate health and I guess corporate health work and corporate health assessments. What got you into that and, and sort of what are we doing on that front at the moment? So with our qualifications, we can excel around health. And so it's basically one cover health. You've got health, you're promoting health and well-being and lifestyle. So within that, there's various people that need, need our help. Uh, corporate health was something that I started right after uni and um, so I did pediatrics and at the same time corporate health so going into companies and doing their health assessments and I found that I was really good at it really quick really fast and able to develop a rapport with people that needed it the most so I could spend more time with them so often you see on a high level um, the CEOs that come to see us they are usually on top they're fit they're healthy they they have to be because if you are not your optimal perform, if you're not at your optimal performance with your health, then how can you lead like billion dollars, like these organizations that are just phenomenal. So what we found were the CEOs were really healthy, really well. They come in, they get their blood pressure, their health cholesterol, their um, blood glucose levels. They're like tick, tick, tick. And more often than not, they're so healthy and then and then they can continue on in their day knowing and having that reassurance they're healthy. We found that the people that were out in the suburbs for corporate health, you'd come in, do a quick screening with them, and then you would see, okay, there's more problems there. Um, they're not looking after themselves first. More often than not, they put their job on a hierarchy. And they need to they need to realize that, that they're such an asset to their business. They have to look after themselves first. So what we do, we develop programs to help them bring them back to prioritizing their own health and their quality and lifestyle. So it's the same. Everything that we do is basically the same foundations, and it's just applied differently to the different clientele that we have. So whether you're a corporate health that needs workshops to encourage and motivate employees to be healthy or whether you are an individual with physical disabilities or um, special, special needs rather, or seniors that wanna, wanna develop full prevention programs to keep them as physically fit as possible. It's the same foundations as we've learned in our ter tertiary qualifications. It's obviously not just applying it to the different condition, but I guess the main thing that we do is that we're treating the person first and we need to take into consideration where they're at in their circumstances and then meet them halfway and then get them along the right path to, to best treat their conditions. And definitely um, the biggest highlight here is just connecting with their culture, connecting with them. I can speak so many languages counting to 10 just because we, we find these ways to connect with our clients and have fun with them. It, it's something that's so enjoyable to do. And, and see the benefits is that, you know, the results are just, that's, that's the personal feedback and motivating you to continue doing what you're doing and, and continuing to learn about new things and help the clients as much as possible. I think that's a pretty good spot to leave it on. Now, before we go, um, if a CEO wants to reach out and do some corporate health assessments with you, again, meashealth.com, right? Um, send us an email and you'll get back to them as soon as possible and trying to 
uh, work out the details of that, especially um, after all this COVID-19 uh, and checking in when their when their workers go back to work um, and actually full steam ahead, it'd be necessary more than ever to actually get them back on track and get them in the, I guess, the right frame of mind. Well, I guess you could also, I mean, take take an initiative and, and an opportunity on this circumstance and offer online online assessments as well as online learnings and workshops and fun things for all for all clients. But I guess the ones that need it the most are the ones that are not as mobile, and they're they're the ones that are quite essential to do face to face. And I mean, not just corporate health, but anyone um, that would like to reach out and uh, get the wonderful services of Mia's Health, um, please look us up on whatever make you feel comfortable. Let it be Facebook, Instagram, um, Google, just Google Mia's Health and you can't miss it. So um, we hope that those listening got something out of it. And Mia, thank you so much for coming on board. Um, it's been wonderful. I really enjoyed this. I hope you did too. Um, yeah. Thank you. Definitely. Thank you so much for organizing this. You're amazing, a phenomenal leader, and I can't wait to see where your career goes. I'm so excited. Thanks, Mia. Bye. See ya.